Good afternoon, everybody. I'm just going to kind of do a little bit of raw review. I'm not going to dread on it too long as it was the most boring three-hour show in the history. Oh, wait a minute. That's every week. I won't even lie. It's every week. Uh, there's a few segments that are worth watching, but the rest of it just gets on my nerves. But yet, I have to do this just to be a good podcast host. Now, of course, Raw opens up the only way Raw knows how to open up. We have the moment of bliss with Randy Orton on it, a talk show. All right. That's how WWE opens up. So Randy comes out somehow, some way. They talk about who's manipulating who. The lights go down. And when the lights come back up, Bliss is up in Randy's arm. Bray Wyatt's begging. Apparently, he cares about Bliss. Randy thrusts Alexa Bliss back to Bray Wyatt. And Randy leaves the ring and says, who's laughing now? We're apparently building for a big, big fight between the fiend and the viper so we'll see where this goes then we have a few more interview segments and things like that i think the first half hour is always nothing but talking and i've just given up on trying to keep up with all the interview segments and the backstage shit that they do so our first match of the evening would be jeff hardy taking on elias in a symphony of destruction match now apparently this is a going theme for elias's character uh, this was his, I believe, third sympathy, symphony of destruction match. This, I can't talk today. Uh, anyway, somewhere during the middle of the match, R-Truth was hiding in the piano. Elias finds him. R-Truth comes out, and a bunch of the guys from the uh, 24-7 division, I guess, come running down. And uh, Grand Metal Elite gets a guitar over the back for his trouble, as does Drew Gulak, uh, Elias and Jeff both taking them out and then fighting each other. Jeff Hardy would then go on to throw Elias on a table at ringside, throw some violins up on him and do a swanton bomb, which left Jeff, I'm sure, with a small injury of some sort, as when he came down with the swanton bomb, he did connect with the steps. I don't know if it was more of a neck hit or if it was his head, but at some point, Jeff Jeff's going to have to get that looked at. I guarantee you there was some kind of injury there. You don't hit steel steps, even though they are gimmick steps. <laughs> and I say gimmicks lightly because even though they're they're lighter aluminum steps, not solid steel, they still hurt. Uh, so I'm sure Jeff Hardy's hurting from that. And then we go on into the second match, which was Ricochet versus Slapjack. Slapjack put up a pretty good fight, but Ricochet picked up the victory. And then Raw does it again, gives us another talk show, Ms. TV. John Morrison and the Miz bring Seamus out to make an ass out of him and try to get him to turn on Drew McIntyre later this night in the main event. And uh, we'll get there shortly. But they pretty much uh, made an ass out of Seamus, begging him to turn, help them help Miz win the title. Then next up, we had ladies tag team action as Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax would take on Lana and Asuka. And somehow Lana managed to get the pinfall over Shayna Baszler last night. Uh not even sure where they're going with this. Now we've got Lana and Oscar tagging up. She's beating people like Baszler and, and Nia Jax, which is just, this makes no sense. Now I can see Oscar getting the victory over Baszler last week, but Lana getting the victory this week was a lucky fluke. Don't know exactly where they're going with this angle with Lana. Uh, I don't know if they're giving her a push or, or, you know, if she's kind of the Mikey Whipwreck of the WWE at this point. Then we see Biggie. Not Big E. My God, I need to focus today. Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston of the New Day come out. The Raw Tag Team Champions. They've been in this feud with the Hurt Business. And uh, 
Cedric Alexander comes out and he puts a beating on Xavier Woods and picks up the victory. Uh, Xavier Xavier Woods, you know, put up a great fight. Um, but Cedric Alexander was on fire last night. Like he he came right out and started in. He didn't hesitate. Hell of a singles match. And then we have the sudden death triple threat match where the winner gets a WWE title shot at TLC. So now this tells you, I, I didn't pay much attention to this match because there were two guys in there that I could give a shit less about. Bro, for real, I'm, I'm serious. Like, it's, it's not a joke. Matt Riddle could give a shit less about him. Keith Lee could give a shit less about him. He's greener than fucking goose shit. He makes more mistakes in his matches than half the guys do. And, of course, the phenomenal AJ Styles. Now, AJ Styles would be the victor in this match. AJ Styles deserves the title shot. I know he's getting close to the end of his contract. He's already discussing retirement. What I would love out of AJ Styles is when he gets close to the end of that contract, if WWE doesn't offer him to be a producer or a road agent or something like that, for him to take his ass to AEW where he could actually be used as a main event talent and and enjoy the end of his career the right way. But AJ Styles picked up the victory. So he will be going on to TLC to take on Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. We did see some stuff backstage with him and Miz before their match. Miz brought him a, a peach pie because he's from Georgia, uh, trying to get him to help him. And AJ said he would. He said, I'd rather face you at TLC than Drew McIntyre because it'd be easier to beat you than him. So... We'll get to that here in a minute as well. Now, Dana Brooks was the next match against Reckoning or Mia Yim from Retribution. Now, Dana Brooks picked up that victory. Uh, we did see an altercation between Dana and uh, Ollie at ringside earlier on in the evening where she slapped Ollie, telling him that uh, he was she was coming for his girl. So anyway, and then I did watch this one backstage segment because I think it was the best backstage segment of the night. Matt Riddle's dumbass. Yeah, bro. It, it, he's just the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. Between him and Brian Cage, I don't know who I like less. And then you throw Keith Lee in the mix, and it just makes them all stupid. He walks up to MVP wanting to pitch MVP ideas for the Hurt Business. He says, you know, you let the bro maintenance crew or the lawn crew or whatever the hell he called them. You won't have no weeds in your yard and all this good shit. And if you get the munchies, he was just, you know, talking in code. Anyway. Bobby Lashley and MVP leave Matt Riddle's dumbass land. That was the best thing of the night to see Bobby Lashley just beat the shit out of Matt Riddle. Thank you, uh, Hurt Business. I'll send you a paycheck. Do it again for real. <laughs> Main event, Miz and Morrison taking on Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Now, it ended in a little bit of confusion as uh, AJ Styles did get involved. There was a disqualification, so I'm assuming that Drew McIntyre and Sheamus won via disqualification but I'm not really sure they didn't really make a decision. Uh, they tried to get, AJ tried to get, uh, oh shit, tried to get Miz to cash in his contract. He wouldn't do it. And then of course, Drew McIntyre gets up and uh, has his way with him. And then AJ's big bodyguard, that big seven foot tall son of a bitch carries him out. Anyway, that was the raw review. Let's get on to the point. AEW Dynamite is Wednesday night, guys. This Wednesday night, December the 2nd at Daly's Place. It is Winter is Coming. That's what they've titled this event. It's supposed to be the biggest event in Dynamite history. As we will have the AEW World title on the line, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. 
We'll also see Cody Rhodes and the TNT champion Darby Allen taking on the powerhouse Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks in a fight for revenge here as Cody just got put in the Taz mission this past week on Dynamite. We'll also see Jericho seeking a little revenge against Kaz, Frankie Kazarian, and of course, Dr. Britt Baker taking on Lana Hurishan. If I said her name wrong, I do apologize. And then, of course, we have the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. And if MJF does not win the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, he loses the Dynamite Diamond Ring. So that's what's on the line in this uh, big battle royal. Of course, some of the participants have been listed. Mm, kind of a rundown of everybody they couldn't put in a match. MJF, Warlord, Murrow, Kip Saban, Miro, my bad. Orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy, Hangman, Adam Page, Sammy Guevara, Private Party, Matt Seidel, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver of Dark Order, as well as Scorpio Sky and the Perfect Ten with Tully Blanchard in his corner. Sean Spears will be in that match as well. So if MJF does not win, he loses his Dynamite Diamond Ring. I don't know what the point of the Dynamite, Dynamite Diamond Ring is. Don't have a clue. Uh, I guess it's just a tribute to Diamond Dallas Page. Not sure what the whole point of the ring is. Uh, maybe it'll come into play later on. Now, if I'm understanding correctly, this may very well be the last Dynamite of 2020 to happen at Daly's Place because I was looking at a few things. And I'll see if I can bring it back up uh, here on the old phone. But from what I can tell, December 2nd is the last event that they will be housing at uh, Daly's Place because the next event that is listed on here where tickets are available will actually be in Newark, New Jersey, February 24th, which is kind of odd. That's over two months away almost. But uh, And then, of course, Revolution, AEW Revolution, will be February 27th of 2021. The city and venue have uh, been posted as to be determined. They do not have an exact place. So depending on COVID protocol, they may be moving out of Daly's place for the start of 2021 and go back on the road. But, uh, you know, if that changes, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I was hoping they stay at Daly's place at least a little bit longer. I don't know exactly what they've got planned for December. They may put some more dates up on there. But right now, that's all they've got showing. And we'll do a quick rundown of the way they have everybody ranked right now. In AEW, the men's rankings stand as champion John Moxley, 21-0. Why does that number sound familiar? 21-0. <laughs> Darby Allen, the TNT champion, is 14-5. And, and as we know, it'll be Darby Allen and Cody in a tag match this Wednesday night. But we also know that Kenny Omega, number one on this ranking at 7-0, will take on the champion John Moxley. Could he make him 21-1 and one on Wednesday night at Dynamite? That number sounds oddly familiar. I'm waiting for someone to say something, but no one's saying anything. So, you know, 21-1 and one is a possibility for John Moxley Wednesday night at Dynamite as Kenny Omega 7-0 and o is number one at the top of the men's rankings right now. Number two on the men's rankings, MJF at 10-1. and one. Cody would be number three. Now, Cody, keep in mind, can only challenge for the TNT Championship. He cannot challenge for the AEW title. He is 23-1. and one. Now, I said 20-3-1. and three and one. So, apparently, there was a draw match somewhere in this contest somewhere. 
So he's got 20 victories, three losses, and a tie, I'm assuming. Or maybe that's a tag match. I don't know. They didn't specify. Brian Cage is 11-1 and one at number four. And coming in at the bottom of the list, number five, the man from New Orleans, Louisiana, Ricky Starks, 13-2. and two. Now, these guys were not ranked until Taz and them started throwing their power around. So we'll see what happens. But we know that Omega's getting his title shot. Could he come out the victor? We might make some predictions here in just a minute to see where we stand on AEW booking. Now, the women's rankings, of course, the champion, Sheeta, is 21-1. and one. Big Swole comes in at the top of the list, oddly enough, at 13-4. and four. Nyla Rose is number two at 12-3. and three. And Serena Deb, number three, four and two. And then, of course, number four, threw me for a loop, Penelope Ford. She's 11-5. and five. And then, of course, Anna Jay, who is four and three. Hmm. Interesting little situation there, but you know. And then, of course, the tag team championship rankings are as follows. The champions, the Young Bucks, are 11-3. and three. They're on top of the world right now with their AEW tag team title victory. Number one overall in the tag team division is FTR with 12-1. and one. Number two is the best friends, 18-7. and seven. Number three was pretty neat to see. The Natural Nightmares, which would be Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall, are nine and two. And of course, number four, you can't forget the Dinosaur and the Jungle Boy, Jurassic Express, 13 and five. And then, of course, dead last, number five, Dark Order, 13 and two. Now, they didn't specify which members of Dark Order. Uh, I'm thinking Evil Uno and his partner, but you know, Dark Order is Dark Order. Now, John Moxley and Kenny Omega, AEW World Championship. Kenny Omega's on a winning streak right now. He's the best bout machine. He's the cleaner. He's back, so he says. But I'm thinking that John Moxley retains. I may be wrong, but I'm thinking John Moxley retains. Cody Rhodes and the TNT champion Darby Allen versus the powerhouse Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks. I got a bad feeling that Brian Cage is big ass that needs to go home or go find another company to get buried in is going to get involved. So I'm thinking Ricky Starks in the powerhouse. Will Hobbs pick up the victory. Jericho and Kaz. Jericho. Jericho all the way. No disrespect to Kaz. Huge fan of Kaz. Love what he does. Love SCU. But I'm thinking Jericho takes the victory. Britt Baker and Layla. Not really sure who Layla is, but I'm thinking Britt Baker. And, of course, when it comes down to MJF, the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, and all that good shit. I don't know what's going to happen there. I'm not even going to be bold enough to say that MJF could lose the ring because, I mean, he's got Warlord and the entire Painmaker posse, the inner circle in his back pocket now. So could MJF, Warlord, and Sammy Guevara be the final three? Could they work together as a cohesive unit, or would Sammy Guevara throw him out? What's going to happen? We'll see. I'm not making a prediction on the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal because as far as I'm concerned, if I make a prediction, it ain't going to be worth having. Because there's so many good guys in this match that can win. But I'm also leaning more toward the fact that there's more guys in there that are on MJF's uh, team, quote, end quote there, um, that could help him win. So, um, you know, MJF could possibly retain the dynamite diamond ring and things like that. But it is what it is. Uh, ready for Wednesday night. Ready to watch uh, Winter is Coming on AEW Dynamite on TNT. And uh, ready for somebody to take over the books that knows what the hell they're doing in WWE because I'll tell you right now, 
uh, WWE is on a fast track to lose their ass if they don't do something different. And, and that may just be me talking from a fan standpoint or from an asshole standpoint, but WWE's booking is lackluster. Their three hour talk show that they have is boring. <laughs> uh, they need to go back to Raw being two hours. And as far as I'm concerned, and I've got kids, so don't take me the wrong way, but this PG era shit needs to go out the window and they need to let wrestling be wrestling. Okay, because when I watch AEW, I get blood, I get brutality, I get a couple of mic spills, but I get actual wrestling, and that's what I want. I want to see these guys go out there and fight like they're actually fighting for something. And I get it. A lot of people say wrestling's fake. It's not fake. You get hurt. And I'm speaking from experience. You get hurt. It's not fake. You get hurt. There's times when you really get kicked and really get hit. And if I were to chop you or hit you with a steel chair, it'd fucking hurt. But it is staged. They know what they're going to do. They know who's going to fucking win. So what the fuck? You still are dumb enough to go out there and bet on it, and you still watch it. So that's my point. But if we're going to watch it, I at least want to enjoy what I'm fucking watching. I mean, you know, I don't want to see... Lana beat Shayna Baszler. I'm sorry. That's not believable to me. Uh, now, if you put Lana out there, and, and that's no disrespect to TJ. Tyson Kidd uh, has been working with her to train her, and that's great. You hear my wife in the background. She's home today. She's making her a cup of tea, so she's she's running the ice machine being a, being a petty woman while I'm working over here. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I just don't believe that Lana is advanced enough in her wrestling career to beat someone the likes of Shayna Baszler. I don't like where they have her. I think they need to get the titles off of her. Anaya, I think they need to push her into the position to challenge Asuka and let them actually have a match. Uh, Nia Jax, she's a great competitor, but she's irrelevant at this point. And, and that's no disrespect because she can't do a whole hell of a lot. But having them be bullies and treat Lana the way they've been treating Lana, it's the dumbest fucking shit I've ever seen. And they just need to pull the, you know, the titty out of the mouth and get to work because I'm I'm tired of watching some of the shit that they're booking. But, you know, three hours is, is three hours too damn long. Uh, I love wrestling just as much as the next guy. But three hours of sitting there watching Raw, it's a cure for fucking insomnia. I mean, we're all asleep before the fucking second hour is over with or even started by, by the time Raw gets us going because you get one match per hour. I mean, how many matches did they have last night? One two, three, four, fucking five matches, if that. I could get five matches at the local indie show, and they'd probably be a hell of a lot more entertaining than some of the shit they do on TV because half of them get DQ'd, half of them have to have everybody else involved. I'm just, I just, you know, okay? I'm just saying, trying to, trying to be as respectful as I can, but it just fucking sucks, okay? It just sucks, man. Can we get, can we get a new sheriff in town? Don't drop the ball, Vinny. Uh, shout out to NXT as they'll be doing war games on Sunday, 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 as well as tribute to the troops is coming. I will not podcast over tribute to the troops. I will not show any disrespect to the tribute to the troops show just because it's for the troops. I'll probably watch it, but I will not review it. I will not tear it apart. I'll let it be what it is and, and let it live. Um, because, I mean, at least it's for the troops. You know, I can say that much. But it just, uh, it kills me how Raw runs for three hours. And 
all these fucking people that talk on these chat sites and, and, and post on people's shit. And even Jim Cornette's gotten on my nerves to this point and some of the other people that talk about this. But how can you bash a product like AEW when it's it's all young and up-and-comers that could have been in WWE and should be in WWE and should be big names, household fucking names in WWE? Not because of who their daddy was or, or shit like that, but because they busted their ass and they paved the way for younger guys that are coming up that want to be stars to get in this business. And they, they've imprinted on people and they do great shit. I mean, you, you can't, you can only book somebody in the ground for so long. I get it. You like to take the sledgehammer and you like to bury people. I mean, I'm not happy about a lot of things with WWE right now. I mean, the Undertaker retirement, I get it. No disrespect to Mr. Mark Calloway, the Undertaker, the dead man, the, the, the red devil, uh, the phenom, the conscience of the WWE. He's a hell of a legend. And he's had some hellacious matches, some of the best matches in, in the history of WWE. But when you send someone of that caliber off, you don't do the most unexplained, dumbass shit. You bring out all these legends. No disrespect to Sean, Shane, you know, Savio Vega and the rest of them. Oh, you don't bring these guys out to get the rub. Oh, hey, we were in WWE for the night. Uh, you want to book us, pay us this much. You know what I'm saying? You don't bring them out and then have them disappear when your guy comes out that's retiring. You have them come out, shake his hand, say something nice. I get it that you don't want to give a bunch of old guys that probably have some onset, of early onset of all-timers coming on because then you'll end up with Joe Biden for president. Oh, wait, we did. But still, you want to let them speak. You want to let them talk about how amazing it was, what it felt like to be in the ring with the phenom and all this other shit. You got to let it build. Let them speak and then get them out of the fucking ring and then have the video package play and then have Benny Mac come out and get all emotional and here's the dead man. He's retiring. The Undertaker. And have The Undertaker come out and, you know, cut a promo. And, and the fact that it was so horrible that the fact that they had the pipe in sound that when The Undertaker said, rest in peace. The crowd said, peace, peace, twice. I don't know if anybody else noticed that shit, but we did. We did. It was horrible. I mean, no disrespect to The Undertaker. I wouldn't have wanted to retire that way. I'd have waited until we were in front of a live crowd so I could have come out and felt the real adrenaline, the real power of the, the WWE universe because that's you know that's where your money's at. You could have you could have made a bigger deal out of it, I think. I think they should have done more. Now, he had a cool-ass entrance. I'll give him that, but, you know. In my opinion, I think a lot of shit should be booked different. I think a lot of people should be holding titles. I'm, I'm, you know, I just, I don't know, man. I'm sick of Roman Reigns. Same old shit. Boo. I'm glad that they're giving Kevin Owens a shot at this point because maybe, maybe Kevin Owens will bash fucking Roman Reigns in the mouth and Roman Reigns will go home. I don't know. Um, whatever it is. WWE is falling off the wagon wheel. They they're like the old man down at the fucking bar that has the unpaid tab that just keeps adding more to it and they can't seem to get out of it. So I'm going to go back to studying as I have finals this week. Just finished up my oral exam for Louisiana French. 
So I'm going to curl up in my chair, do some studying. I've got a final left and actually two finals left. And then uh, watch Longmire because I'll tell you right now, I'd rather watch Longmire than WWE Raw. That's just how bad the three hours is, guys. But anyway, we want to thank you guys for your continued love and support of wrestling with the locals. You can send us your emails at ccwawrestling at yahoo.com or send us a message over at the Facebook page, Wrestling with the Locals on Facebook. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, or requests, send them to us. If you got any bitches and graps and moans and groans, send them to us. I promise I'll respond. I promise I will. I'll be as nice as I can. It's not the Monday Night Raw because I'll tell you, three hours of the same old shit. It's worse than one of my podcasts. I'll tell you that. My podcasts have gotten bad, okay? Especially the last one I did for AEW. I felt so bad for that last Wednesday production when we were on the road. But I was exhausted and stressed and tired, and my anxiety was through the damn roof. But it is what it is, guys. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Locals, and you'll be getting a special podcast coming up soon. I won't release any details, but I promise you, you're going to get to hear the voice of the one, the only Titanic real soon.